Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast episode number nuevo? Nine? Let's call it nine. An even nine. nine. Is nuevo nine or is that, did I just say egg in Spanish? I don't know any Spanish. Welcome to Eyes on Isles. My name is Mitch. I am one of the experts on the website and I'm joined by Matt O'Leary, the other co-expert. It's convenient how we're both experts. I like that. I like the title of being an expert. Even though I'm nothing of an expert, I'm just a loudmouth, really. Yes, just some fool they gave a platform, pretty much. <laughs> that was a very schemy laugh on purpose. Yes. Uh, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Good. You're not sick anymore? As you could tell, I recovered from my Yay. cold. Basically, just a lot of NyQuil every night for the past week and going to bed at 9.30, and I recovered. So you're a college freshman all over again. Yes, exactly. That's pretty pretty much that's what happened. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, uh let's get right into it cuz we got a few things we want to talk about. The first thing we want to talk about is those last 3 games, the California swing, let's call it. Uh they played Anaheim, then they went up to San Jose. I like the the, the way that the travel in this blew my mind. I don't understand it. Um They traveled from Anaheim all the way up to San Jose and then back from San Jose down to Los Angeles. And Anaheim is essentially Los Angeles. You know, it's it's, it's a suburb, essentially, of Los Angeles. So it was a weird trying to travel. They should have just played L.A. Obviously, the schedule didn't work out. So either way, Um, they didn't do too well out there in California. No, no, they did not. They didn't score. That was the main problem. They scored six goals on the entire trip, and that's not going to win you many hockey games, uh, averaging two goals a night. No, that's true, especially when, like, Toronto is scoring eight a game. I know they're not playing Toronto every night, but, like, jeez, like, you want to score more. Like, three should win you a game. Two gets you to the table where you're like, okay, you're competitive, uh, but you still got to do more to win said game. And... That's the thing. The Isles, so they, they left the trip with, uh, what is it, a 1-2-0 and record? Yeah, like, that's not 
terrible, but it's not great either. They, you know, they dropped four points out of a possible six. So to start the season, what's, what's your takeaway from the trip? Clearly it's goal scoring. I would imagine. Cause that's the first thing you brought up. Yeah. For me, it's goal scoring and something we're going to get to later, the power play, but, um, I'm underwhelmed by the Islanders offense. I'll say I thought they'd be more explosive, I guess, from what we saw in the preseason and then just the potential on paper. Like Tavares has had a slow start. Eberle's had a little bit of a slow start. So I'd like to see them click a little bit more. I know that Eberle's assist numbers are pretty solid, but I'd like him to uh, find the back of the net. Both he and Halls would, but, you know, that's all right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I feel the same way with that first line. It just it, it doesn't seem like it's clicking. Um, they're at least giving them the chance to click. Like, this was supposed to be the first line last season, but just replaced Eberle for Ladd. And uh, Capuano gave it, what, like three games? And then he was like, in the mixer. You're going to the fourth line. That's a terrible. That was a <laughs> yeah. terrible Capuano accent, but you get my drift. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we haven't seen the Cappy shuffle, which I used to like to call it, when he would just pretty much throw names into a hat and then just pick out lines. Cal uh, Clutterbuck, top line player. That's the only explanation for it, right? Yeah, I don't want to completely yeah, derail it, it, but like, how else did he come up with those line combinations? It had to be name out of a hat, right? I God, I don't know. Like Cal Clutterbuck just came to his office, like, "Hey, uh, hey, Cappy, can I get more ice time?" And he's like, "Sure, put you on the top line." What? Are 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 you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play hard. Just go. And then sure enough, he's out there. He doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He's why am I? Why am I playing twenty minutes a night? I'm only used to playing ten. I'm just gonna hit everyone. Oh, I'm supposed to score? Oh God, this is way too much for Cal Clutterbuck. I, that had to be it. That had like, Cal must have just asked him for more ice time, and he was like, "Sure, I'll give you double." <laughs> He's like the best salesman ever, <laughs> right? That had to be it. It had to be. Um, but no, that's one thing I will give weight credit for. He hasn't abandoned ship just yet. I mean, listen, I I don't necessarily want to say we're overreacting because I think our uh, assessment is pretty accurate so far, but. It is still a small sample size, so I'm not mm-hmm. on the same hand. I'm not ready to like completely throw in the towel and say like, "Well, they're just going to be awful," you know? Yeah. Um, one of my buddies, he's an avid golfer, and so in golf, you don't count your handicap until the eleventh hole, or so I'm told. Anyways, I don't know if that's actually true. I'm just going to use it as fact, as canon, and then use it and apply it to hockey. Sure. I don't think we should judge how they're going to pan out until at least game 11. So give them the month of October. And I know you're going to say, well, why? Like, these games still matter. And and, and absolutely they do. Um, but I, I was speaking to someone on our Facebook, and I just want to get his name just to make sure. Uh, Charlie Wainen. I mean, I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Wainen. Wainen. Whatever. Uh, W-A-N-E-N. And he asked me about those the, the California swing and what I thought about it. And I said... I don't think the Isles have it going yet. As in, not only do they not have the chemistry, they just don't seem 
like they're in the spirit for it. And I'm not saying that they're they don't want to be there. It's just I don't think that they realize or they're not into it. It's just kind of I'm doing what I need to do. They haven't felt that kind of that bite, that 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 fire to get them going. And I don't think they're going to feel it until tomorrow when they start playing the Rangers. I don't yep. that's when it's going to get real for them, I think. Perfect segue cuz that's what I wanted to bring up next was the Rangers. If any team is going to get the Islanders back on track, it's going to be playing the Rangers. Mitch, do you know how well the Islanders have matched up against the Rangers in the last three years? Oh, you did some digging. I love this. I, uh, I, I don't know, Matt. Tell me. They're 8-3 and three against the Rangers oh, over the last yes. three years. That is a good number. And the Rangers are terrible. Yeah, so that's even better. They're one of the few teams that are worse than the Islanders right now in the Metropolitan Division. (laughs) Yay! But, yeah, give me that matchup any day of the week. It's a rivalry, and the Islanders have matched up extremely well against them over the last three years, so I'm fully on board. Oh, hard. And did Waite already say that Halak's in that? I'm pretty sure he did. So we're recording this on the Wednesday, so the day before the game. And I think he came out and said that Halak's going to be a net, which makes sense. The Halak-Lundquist thing is a real is a real battle. Yes, and Halak usually owns that, correct? Yeah, he does. Um, so that helps. Uh, but I wanted to go over a, a few play, like not maybe a few players. I wanted to get your sense of who are the key players on this road trip? Who do you think stood out amongst everyone? Hmm... On the road trip specifically or just so far in general? No, just the road trip. Huh. Well, yeah. all right, wow. Um, I would say Brock. Yeah, I knew it. I wa- that's that's what I was trying to get out of you because I know you don't want to say it. That was yeah. a begrudging <laughs> That's why. If you gave it me- sounded like you're enthused, but you're like, oh, I'm dying on the inside saying this. Yeah, I, if you gave me the whole season, I would have went Sezekis, but... Since you just went road trip, I'm going Brock. I know. Yeah. I, I just said yes today. I wrote it yesterday, so for today, Wednesday, um, to pump the brakes on the Brock Nelson love. <laughs> I know. It makes this even better. I know. But the reason behind that is because, as I said in the article, Brock Nelson's wildly inconsistent. So he's probably going to go on a run where he's going to look completely lost for like five to seven games in a row. So as good as he looks right now, I want to see if this success has any sustainability there. I do. I still agree with Kate, who wrote that Josh Hosang is bringing out a better Brock version of Brock Nelson. I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. them on the same line is fantastic, and you're going to probably get Brock Nelson to his fullest potential playing alongside Hosang. But I just want to wait and see before I completely jump back on the Brock Nelson bandwagon. Okay, so that, that's a perfect segue to the second thing I wanted to talk about. We're perfectly segueing one thing from the next. Uh, and, and it's Hosang. I, I titled the topic in our running order, Hosang the Savior, because he's bringing the best out of Brock. And um, good, on, good on Kate for writing it, because if she didn't write it, I had it queued up. So I'm glad someone else wrote it. Uh, and, and, I, and I like what she brought out of it. And, and it's true. Like you, you look at it. He's doing every he being Hosang doing everything to get the best out of Nelson. He's doing all the work along the boards, and we all know that Nelson doesn't do all the work along the boards. Uh, he's lugging the puck in. That's Hosang. He's creating the, the the space and opportunity. And Brock just needs to finish. And if there's one thing that Brock knows how to do is shoot. 
Yeah. He's got a great shot. So th- it's just the perfect matchup. Uh, is it like, okay, you kind of said it already that it's not sustainable. But is there any like figment of your imagination? Is there like a 1% chance that you think it can be sustained and yeah. we could see a 30 goal Brock? I do. I definitely do. Because did we expect a 56 point Bailey last year? That's true. That's true. So I'm going to just be positive spin zone Maddie this episode and just wow. go all in. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. I'll say that uh, <laughs> Nelson, maybe Hosang does bring out the best in Nelson, and he finally reaches that 30-goal potential. Or he goes invisible and gives you 20 goals, 40, 40 points, just like every other year, like clockwork. That's right. Um, I, like I, I was looking at the fact, and I knew that you were going to bring up Nelson as, as a guy that that impressed you on this road trip. And, and it's to be fair, like he, he is, he's got what the three goals. That's pretty good. But I was pulling out some gifts for this PowerPoint, uh, or sorry, this PowerPoint, this power play piece that I was writing just today. And I, uh, so I took gifts of the Islanders power play. And there's one that I have there. It's the second one that I have on the article. And it's, uh, Hossein gets into the, uh, the San Jose zone on the, what I call the super dump, uh, Islanders break-in strategy, and you can see Brock just sitting there lethargically on the blue line as uh, Hossein dipsy doodles around everyone, and because Brock is standing there, all of the Sharks players are like, all right, well, you're not doing anything, so we're going to crowd Hossein, and before Brock even realizes that he's that Hossein's being crowded, he tries to do something, and he's just forced out of the play. That's that's what we're dealing with. That That's why he's so wildly inconsistent, because... Everyone could do all this stuff and open all these avenues for him, but he's just he's just not there sometimes to see the opportunity opening for him. No. Um, he, so he that's, doesn't that's have, the hard part. He doesn't have the hockey IQ. That's right. He's got yeah. the raw talent, but mm-hmm. he there's just something off clearly off there. Yeah. No. And and maybe this is this is it. He's finally getting this winger that's gonna bring it out of him. That's making it so easy for him that it, it could work. And it's not to say, like you like like you were saying, that that Nelson is a bad player. It's just his skill set isn't suited for what we think he can achieve. Um, he needs someone else to bring that out of him. He can't do it independently. And so I think Hosang's the guy. But with that being said, if Hosang is that good about with, with bringing the best out of someone, can we not put him on the second line and bring the best out of Barzal? Not to say that Barzal has been bad. It's just. He's he's there. Barzell is on the cusp of, of of being what we want him to be. If Hosang can push him over the edge, should should we not think about doing that? I think instead that's of Andrew Ladd. I think that's a fair point because you. When I think of the future of the Islanders, I don't know if Brock Nelson is necessarily like someone they're going to build around. No, no, God. But Barzell could be a centerpiece of this team towards the future. Same with Hosang. So you might as well get them the chemistry now and then have that build over the next few years. If your plan is to have Tavares and Eberle long-term as your top-line unit and then on line two have a Barzal and Hosang unit. And it like like I said, if you put them together now, maybe they build the chemistry for you know years to come like uh, Sezikis and Clutterbuck have because they played together forever at this point. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, I I put I postulated that in a um in another piece that I wrote about um 
three Islanders players that need new roles, and one was Andrew Ladd bumping him down to that third line. And it was almost unfair to Andrew Ladd because he's been a lot better than he was last year. He's already got three points in six games. He's on pace for 41 points. Like, that's that's pretty good. That's a better Andrew Ladd than we had last year. It's still not worth $5.5 million a year for the next six years, but it's better. So do we want to move him from that? Uh, that's a risk. And do you put Andrew Ladd with Brock Nelson? Yeesh. That's one. Yeah. That's one thing I'd be a little skeptical of. But I like Ladd. Like, I like him as a player. I mean, obviously, I don't like his contract. But I think no. he's like a fine middle six player. Um, I don't know. I'm just happy that he's performing a little better this year. And like you said, he's already got three points. I mean, last year, the eight assists was just like, how does that even physically possible? But Yeah. Um, he's already got a quarter of that. So we're good so far. Right. Um, that's my one concern, though. Putting Ladd and Nelson on the same line could be treacherous. Yeah, especially right now with the way that the roster is constructed, and especially right now going into that Rangers game where that third winger on that third line is probably going to be either Jason Chimera or Thomas Hickey. Because for the Rangers game, they're addressing 11 forwards, 7 defensemen to finally, finally bring in Ryan Pulak. However, there's an asterisk here. Anthony Bovilli remains on the sidelines. Let's talk about that a second here. I wrote here on the unrunning order, WTF, mate. If anyone's watched those videos, you'll, you'll, you'll giggle. If not, someone go look up the animated nukes flying around the world video from like the early 2000s, and you'll have a giggle. I think I'm going back to my age-old Garth Snow slash Doug Waite theory. Okay. They're trolling. This has to be a troll move. I can't. <laughs> this can't be real, Mitch. I can't. You can't scratch Pulak so you... for six games seriously and then say, oh, we'll give you Pulak, but now we're just going to throw Beauvillier as the healthy scratch guy every night. Why are they doing this to us, Mitch? It has to be just trolling, and it's working because I am extremely pissed now. It's working. So you think Wade is calling up Garth? Hey, Garth. I've got a new dank meme for the, them Isles people. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't, I can't see it. I can't. Like, they can't be. Obviously, nope. like, it, it wouldn't make any sense. It's a performance-based industry. Although I say that, and if it's a performance-based industry, you put in Bavillier. Why would you put in Jason Chimera? Why the guy's playing just over ten minutes a night and bringing nothing? Sure, he's got a thousand plus NHL games. Big whoop. That just means he's really old. And guess what? He is. He's not bringing anything else. His speed, great. You know who else is quick? Anthony Beauvillier. And you know where he is? In the press box. Or wherever else they keep their scratched players. In the concourse. Taking pictures with people. Although maybe not for the Rangers game because it's an away game. But, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Why? And Hickey's being great. He's like one of the two best defensemen that the Islanders have at the moment. Him and, and Mayfield are fantastic. Why would you break that up? If you're going to try to bring in a new defender, I'm sorry, Adam Pellick, you didn't have a good game last game. You're a rookie, so that fits his MO. Get out of there. We'll bring in Pulak, see what he's got. Like, what's, like how is this hard? Jason Chimera, you too, you're not doing anything? Bovillier, get in. Like, how is this so hard? 
that's you can hear the frustration in both our voices, and I hope that the rest of Isle's Twitter feels the same way. I mean, just by scrolling through, it certainly feels that way. But yeah, I haven't listened to Isle's seat, and I'm sure Becomp and Carver have also yelled about the the Pulak and Bose situation. I'm sure I haven't listened to it, but I can. I, I'm pretty sure they have. I was writing the dailies for tomorrow, and it's based. It's Ryan Pulak playing for the first time this season. That's the story. I looked it up. Do you know when the last time Ryan Pulak played a game was? Like a full game? Yeah, with the Islanders. Oh, not even the... a full game, but just the last time he suited up with the Islanders. It was at the beginning of last season. Wasn't 363 it like... days ago. <laughs> Almost yeah. a full year. But he, And he didn't even play a full game. Didn't he just play like less than a period when he broke his foot? Yes. It was like 20. It was like it wasn't 20 minutes he played, obviously. He played like eight minutes or something that night. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then before that, it wasn't until the playoffs, right? The opening round, uh, was it against the Panthers that he played? He played in six games out of the 11. It was two in the Tampa series and then four in the Florida series. Yeah. So he hasn't played in just under a year. Even though he's he's warranted it before training camp, like let's let's be honest, his training camp wasn't great. So I understand the trepidation of not putting him in right away. And Mayfield has been good, but there have been other defenders that have not been as good. Seidenberg, who is who's scratched, good move. Um, although he's also older, so he may need you know rest. Um, Pelic has not been fantastic. Sit him out. Calvin DeHaan hasn't been. Like he's been, he's getting better, so maybe that's why they're keeping him in. He's also a vet, so they don't like to ice those guys. But like, there's there's other ways to do this. That's an, that's another thing I don't get about the Islanders. What's with the love affair of Adam Pellick? Like that the contract ex- the extension that he got. Why he's basically a seventh D man, and they love him for some reason. Yeah, he played really well in that top pair with Nicoletti last year. When when Hamannick went out, because and maybe that's not a fair assessment because maybe he was okay, but because Hamannick and Letty were so bad together, it made Letty look a lot better. So you're like, oh my god, this Pellet kid is so good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just because Hamannick wasn't that good at the top pair role. I don't want to get too many pelters like you don't like Hamannick. I do. He's just not a top pair guy, and I would love for anyone to come at me. At TLO Mitch, tweet at me if you think that Travis Hamidick is a top-line guy, and I will fight you tooth and nail and show you that he is not. No, I love Hamidick as a second-pairing defenseman. Yep, agreed. Uh, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense. So, like, getting back to Pulak, it's great. He's in. Hopefully that helps the power play. I think you're the one who tweeted today that your dream is that the first Isles power play goal is going to be Ryan Pulak's. I did not tweet that, but I endorse that tweet, whoever did. <laughs> there you go. That's how bad my memory is. I can't even remember what you're tweeting. Um, but, like, I don't know when Bo is going to get back. And, and, and is there something more to it than that? Is it performance-based? Is that why they're keeping him out? He just hasn't been good in their eyes. Um, is he hurt? Although, Doug Wade is a pretty honest guy when it comes to the media. If someone's hurt, he's going to tell them. Right, like he didn't have to tell anyone that Jordan Eberle may not play because he took a big hit at practice. He didn't have to say anything about that. It's True. not like Eberle was walking around in crutches and people were going to put two and two together. 
Uh, same thing with Clutterbuck. He just had a big, huge bruise on his thigh. Like he didn't have to say any of that. Right. So if he if Bo was hurt, I think he would say something. So I, I I'm leaving that out of it. So it has to be performance based. And looking at his performances, Bo's been okay. You know, he had his, his dips, but just like everyone else, right? I don't I don't see him benching Nick Letty because his game score stats aren't really good. No, we won't. We I don't think we will see that. No, no, obviously it doesn't make sense. But same thing, Calvin Hahn's game game score stats are not good, uh, or they're they're slowly improving, but they have not been good for a while. So why does he why does he stay? Because he's getting three and a half or three point three. Like that doesn't seem fair. That's the nature of the business, though. Sure, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I agree. It's not fair, but at it's least we're getting to loop this whole thing back together to get back on track. At least we're seeing Pulak because I think everyone expected him to be Hamannick's replacement, and yeah. we're finally seeing if he can. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I'm. I think that's what you're trying to bring out with the 363 days is that they've had so many opportunities to bring him up and they didn't take it. And now that he's here and they saved an expansion slot specifically for him and they gave up a first round pick, maybe not specifically for him, but to specifically at least keep him amongst others. Mm -hmm. Why don't you play him? So it's going to be interesting to see how he fits on that power play. Um, but with, so we'll, we'll get to the power play now. I think. Is there anything you want to add on, on the bow and, and Pulak scratches be, before we spend like a good ten minutes talking strictly power play? It is one hundred percent Garth and Doug trolling us, specifically <laughs> me. That's the only explanation. Uh, yeah, they got you on their timelines. They're like, we gotta get this guy. We're we're just we're gonna nail him. We're gonna nail him good, Garth. And uh, they they got you. They got you good. You fell for it, Matt. How proud are you of that? Not very proud. Man, it's not your finest moment. Um, okay, let's talk about some power play and how the Islanders are the absolute worst power play in the league. Except for Anaheim. Well, they, the Isles still have the worst because they're 0 for 20, and I think Anaheim is only 0 for 19 or something like that. I thought they are 0 for 21. Are they really? So then why were the Isles all the way at the bottom today? Good question. Yeah, let's you, you look it up and I'll vamp, but I'm pretty sure the Isles are, are, are dead last when it comes to power play percentage. Obviously, there are two teams, Anaheim and, and, and Islanders, who are at 0%. And, and if you count um, shorthanded goals, the Isles would be a negative percent. Um, That's probably why, because it is Anaheim 0 for 21, but they've allowed zero shorthanded goals, and the Islanders are right underneath that, 0 for 20, allowing three shorthanded goals. There you go. See, I thought I was making something up. How how does Buffalo rank? Well, I guess they, I know they've scored um, power play goals, but I know they also have five shorthanded goals against. Buffalo seventeen. Wow. See, that's all it takes. And they all, and they have what like six power play goals? Five. Maybe not even five. five. Yeah. So they're at an even power play percentage in my books if you're counting shorthanded goals. But so, how do we fix? The power play. And I say that kind of facetiously because I wrote something, like I said earlier, about how the Islanders can fix the power play. Uh, but how would you do it, Matt? Um, add Ryan Pulak. Uh, give Josh Hosang the puck a lot. Uh, more movement. Yeah. 
let me stop you there on the Ryan Pulak front. Okay. So based off of what Staple was saying today at practice, the Islander, the Islanders' first power play unit will have the the new age structure of four forwards, one D, and that one D is alternating between was it one D? It may actually be two. Sorry, it's two. Uh, Letty and alternating between Boychuk and Pulak. How do you feel about that? I'm for it. I think Letty should be in the mix, and I think Boychuk and Pulak serve, uh, serve rather, essentially the same role on that power play as the booming right-handed shot, so I think they're interchangeable. Yeah. So I'm fine with them splitting time on the top power play unit. Okay. I was a little iffy about it. I'm actually going to go look at Staples' tweets again because I I was pretty sure they were running a 4 forward 1D uh on that first line, and it was Pulak and or Boychuk. And at the, the before the season even started, I had put out something saying, um, oh, God, come on, ads, screw me over here. Uh, I had said something that I want the Islanders' first power play unit to be that four forwards, one D, and that one D being Letty. But I wanted their second power play unit to be two Ds with both Pulak and Boychuk, and I called it the Arsenal line because it would just be them taking clappers from the blue line Either way, it's coming from either side. Sure, they're right-handed shots, but it doesn't matter when you're shooting at, the, at their velocities. True. Um, and obviously, they didn't, they didn't listen to me, but which is fine. They never really do. Uh, I'm just trying to find this tweet from Staples. Uh, special teams heavy practice. First unit appears to be Lee, Tavares, Eberle, Letty, Pulak. So it is 3-4, 2-D. Um, I'm okay with that, I suppose. I don't like the interchanging of Boychuk because the second power play unit has one defenseman, and it's Pelic. Ooh. Pelic. Why? Well, if you're going to interchange, then I would have the other, whichever one isn't, on the top unit, the second one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you go with Pulak, then have Boychuk as the second power play unit. That's that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make any sense to put Pulak... Like I had, well, maybe it does, because he's going to learn something from Letty, right? That That's the whole, the whole dynamic here. But then you just put Boychuk on that second power play unit. It doesn't make any sense to put Pelic there. No. What is Pelic adding? He he can move the puck. Like maybe else I'll be corrected and he's going to score a bunch of power play goals tomorrow. I doubt, I doubt it. it. I highly doubt it. Um, although the Rangers have the worst penalty kill, so this is kind of the perfect time for the Islanders. Um, I I just I don't like the construction of it. I I, I really don't. I I would prefer having Boychuk in. I don't like that his his shot isn't being used, isn't a go to thing. I understand we want to see what Pulak has, and that's great. Then you give Boychuk that second power play. Let him run with that. Yeah, I agree with that. If you're gonna have one, if you're gonna have Pulak on the on the first one, then I'm 100% putting Boychuk on the second one. I don't think Pelik is gonna give you really anything worthwhile on the power play. Yeah, perfect. Okay, um, you mentioned something again about moving the puck around. And again, in an article, and, I, and I, I, I want everyone to go and read that, not only because I want you to read my things, but just you'll understand where we're coming from a little bit more. Um, I'll give you the title in a second here. But it's, it's moving the puck around with urgency. If you look at the Islanders' power play, they're just not balancing that power play, that, the puck around enough. So they're not creating space. They're not pulling and, and moving play, the penalty killers away from where they need to be, away from their assigned spots. And so penalty killers can go right to them and pressure them off the puck, and that creates 
turnovers, that creates pucks going the other way, and it definitely doesn't create any power play goals for the Islanders. So moving the puck around with urgency is their first first step. Yeah, I definitely agree, because it seems like at times they... Well, if you look at it from the other team's perspective, their defensemen can stay put, and there's never really any urgency. You right. know, like, they're not, like, tired. You know, the Islanders aren't tiring them out. That's the, I right. think that's what you said in your article, actually. Yeah. Um, because the, they aren't moving the puck around. They're too stationary, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're very stationary. So the, art, the article is New York Islanders should take a, a, a page out of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs playbook. Um, because if you look at how the Toronto Maple Leafs move the puck around, and I understand there's a difference in personnel. I know we don't have Matthews. I know we don't have Marner. But we have Tavares. We have Hussang. We have Bailey. We have Barzal. These are very capable players to move the puck around. We have Letty. They can move the puck around on the power play. They're not incompetent people. So... But it, it gets me to, to another point, and that's of breakout. And, and I mentioned it earlier, that, that, that what I'm calling the super dump, where, and I'm sure you've all seen it, the New York Islanders have been rolling out this power play strategy for years now, whereas they'll move the puck over to, up to the red line. And if you, if you watch, there's a player that's always trailing behind the, the puck. So once they move the puck to the red line, they will stop, they will drop it back to about their blue line, theirs being the Islanders, and that trailer will then start with a full steam ahead into the, into the zone, the, uh, the uh, offensive zone. The problem with that is that if that player doesn't necessarily gain the line, or if he does gain the line, there, everyone else on the Islanders is stationary, like you brought up before, and they're not moving with that player in tandem into the zone. So if you have that one player, like I mentioned earlier, Joshua Sang's coming in, and no one else is with him, no one else is pulling those defenders back to create even more space for him to maneuver and set up. So the, all the, the defenders have to do is, well, I'm just going to pressure the puck carrier, I guess? Oh, yeah, we've got nothing else to worry about. We'll take the guy with the puck, and then two seconds later, the puck's out of the zone. Like, I'm smiling. Be- yeah, I was going to say, I'm smiling because the, you just described every power, all 20 power plays so far this year, pretty much. It's unbelievable that they keep doling this out. It doesn't work. They've been doing it for years. I remember just two years ago. Was it two years ago? No, it was last season. I spoke to one of our previous writers, Jen Lapka, about it. And I was like, how, Jen, how are they doing this? Why do they keep doing this? It doesn't work. It doesn't, like, not only are you not timing your players and, and running them in at the same time, is that the players on the opposite opposing team see the guy coming a mile away. You're starting from behind your own blue line. They can see you coming, and they know what they need to do. And so they clog the blue line, and guess what? It stops. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. Why do they keep rolling this out? I'm going to go bald pulling hairs out of there, out of my head. Like, I'm already going bald. What little hairs I have left is gonna, are going to be gone by the time the Islanders score a stupid power play goal. I mean, I pretty much hit the panic button at... 0 for 20, but how much worse do you think it could be? I don't want to envision a world. I don't. I know the ironic thing is I want to see how bad it can get. (laughs) I don't want to see it. I don't. I want them to score a power play goal. I want this to be over. Yeah. Like last year, what was there? It was like 15% for the year, right? That's right. Yeah. That right now would be 
good enough for the 23rd best power play in the league. Which I, is I bad, but still is, better than last year. Right. I can't see them being anywhere close to that right now. No. No. And that's a scary thought. Because <laughs> these are points. Listen, if they were even like 1% more efficient last season, they could have made. They could have probably made the playoffs. 1%, that's all it probably took. Yep. Maybe not. Like a point five. like what was one goal under how many chances they ever got? That's all they needed was was the one to maybe change a game, win it like three two, and make the playoffs. Like I I know that that sounds ridiculous, but that's all it takes, and that's what's happening this year again. It's it's happening even worse because last year they were at least scoring some power play goals at the beginning of the season, not many, but there were some, and they're not doing it now, and it's worrisome because they're also not putting up points. No, um. And that is my greatest concern with this team. It's the scoring and more specifically the power play because even with Scott Gomez, it has not improved. No, not yet. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow against the worst penalty kill in the league. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it all comes out. Like it should. Like we said before, they should be getting their 2017-18 regular season mojo for the Rangers. It's great that they're playing them right away. Although last year they played them on opening night, wasn't it? And, and that didn't really them. help them. So, yeesh. Now I'm, now I'm talking myself down. Keep the faith. That's not good. Keep the faith. Okay. Do you and have I, anything else do you want to add on the, on the power player? Did we kind of like beat a dead horse on that? No, nah, I think we beat a dead horse. Let's move on to our social segment. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Um, this story was very popular on the internet yesterday. The Islanders had Brandon Bloom, who is a, who's a child. I, he has cancer, right? It's leukemia. Luke, he has leukemia. It's, which is a, a, which a, a form, form of cancer, yeah. But more, He's yeah. eight. He's eight years old, and the Islanders had him out on the ice, and there was a lot of great videos. If you haven't seen it, we wrote an article on it. Kate did it. Um... It was fantastically done, and I just got to really tip my hat to the Islanders because they do some of the best charity work in the entire league. That's true. Really. Yeah. So, That's... yeah. No, ser- seriously, like the yeah. stuff they do, and that was completely awesome. Imagine he got to sit on the bench next to Josh Hosang. How cool would that have been? Oh, man. I know. For Hosang. Yeah, for Josh Hosang to sit next to that kid. But yeah. for Brandon, keep fighting the good fight, and we're praying for you. Yeah, buddy. You're in your thoughts. Or oh, you're in our thoughts? Yeah, that's the one. Um, I had uh, – so someone wrote on Twitter about how they, they see uh, Scott Mayfield as a top 3D man. That's a hot take. All right. Your, your, your thoughts, my friend, on that? Um, I thought I was high on Scott Mayfield when I thought that he could be – a sixth or seventh team man, but that is some next level stuff. Thinking he's a top yeah. three, I'm gonna go with uh, no. I think his ceiling is a sixth defenseman, more likely uh, a seventh fill-in kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so this is at uh, at I'm gonna get this wrong. Yeah, it's John Cave. So J O N C A V. Uh, it's courtesy of him, and I don't necessarily disagree. <clears throat> Um, 
because in, in the reality of things, what is a top three guy? It's just someone who plays on the second pair. When you look at your second pair, you're like, okay, well, who, who, are, who's three and who's four? Is it Dehan? Maybe. Is it someone else? Maybe. So if you're looking at the, at the depth chart, that's something else. But I, I just, I'm seeing him as a second pair guy. Maybe he's doing really well on that on that third pair. Let's see if he can do a second pair, because maybe we got something more out of this guy than we actually know. So. I, I'm willing to entertain it. I, I don't see it. And top three, that, that means you're going Letty, Boychuk, Mayfield. Oh, hopefully. Like, that'd be amazing if so. Like, oh, my God. Like, that, that's fantastic. And he signed, I think, this year for, like, peanuts. Why not? Um, and we'll probably be able to get him at a cheaper price point next year as well, again. But I just it's hard to see. It's hard. Like, you, that means he's better than Hickey. He's better than Dehan. He's better than maybe in Pulak. He's better than Pelik. Like two of those guys, like I can see him maybe maybe being better right now than Dehan, but overall, definitely not. I can see him being better than Pelik, um, but I, I don't right now. I don't see him any better than 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 Hickey. I think Hickey's one of our best defenders right now for the yeah. job he's doing. So, yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely do. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I have is that uh, our 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 fearful owner was at a Yankees game so obviously the Yankees are doing crazy things uh, on their way potentially to a World Series even though they're in year one of their rebuild how do you feel about that Matt (laughs) did you see the did you see my tweet I did that's that's how I feel about it the Islanders are currently in year 12 of Garth Snow in their rebuild the Yankees are in year one, and they are on the verge of a World Series. I'm also a suffering Mets fan, so I am Even very worse. upset about this. But just comparing, not leaving the Mets out of it, just comparing, like, Yankees just starting that rebuild, Isles, like, this might be the longest rebuild in the history of rebuilds. <laughs> I, it, it, it hurts my brain. It makes me sad, too. It makes yeah. me a little sad. Maybe just baseball is a lot easier than hockey. Maybe that's the thing. Hashtag baseball sucks. Personally, personally, I'm not a baseball fan. I don't mind going to see it. I guess it's a good time out, but it's it's a boring game to me. Sorry, baseball fans. I'm... Although to be fair, I watch soccer, so I'm sure like everyone else would be like, "Oh my god, Borfest USA!" Right there. I'm I'm not a soccer guy. Um, I grew up playing baseball my entire life so i definitely Oof. am team baseball so it hurt me there <laughs> hurt me there mitch from canada yeah yeah, yeah i heard you i Kill, heard you killing america's pastime uh but yeah you guys just keep that stuff south of the border all right just keep it south of the border we'll keep our beaver tails and baseball free zones that'd make you happy wouldn't it it would except that we now have a baseball stadium like not too close to my house so yay me lucky you yeah um, that's all I, I've got, buddy. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close the, this, this thing off? Um, hopefully that Ryan Pulak stays in the lineup and the Rangers still stink. Yep. <laughs> to the Rangers. Uh, as always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It is now a lot easier to rate and review a show on the new iTunes if you've updated your phone. If not, please, please do. It'll be a lot easier. Uh, we'll be able to reach more people. Uh, if you want to reach us, you know where we're at. And if not, here we are. 
On Twitter, we are at EyesOnIslesFS. You can get us on Facebook, which is Facebook.com slash EyesOnIsles. You can also get us on the website, which is EyesOnIsles.com. And that's, I think, the last point. Oh, individually, we have our own Twitter feeds, clearly. Mine is at TLO Mitch. And Matt, why don't you say yours? Because I'm going to butcher it. Mine's Matt O'Leary NY. No, that's not so hard. Um, All right, that's all I've got, Matt. Uh, Rock on, and hopefully the Islanders can have a very, very, very successful penalty or power play against the Rangers tomorrow. Yes, that's what we're hoping for. Amen, brother. See you later. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.